There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Rarely going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek's Lower Deck podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Richard Dave, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... Sean Fangirl S. Beaming in for the season finale. And I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and today we'll be discussing episode 10, or the season finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. I love your enthusiasm, Sean. Did we finally decide what my rank was? Because I think I've changed it every time I've been on. Well, I just pictured you uh, sitting there in your chair wearing one of the gold tunics. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so enthusiastic. Oh, she must be cosplaying with us today. <laughs> my little badge. Yeah, it's great. Well, there's an I... opening for a security officer. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, and there's a spare ear- earring you can wear, spoiler alert. <laughs> Can't believe they went there, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Anyway, episode 10, no small parts. The USS Cerritos encounters a familiar enemy. Tendi helps a struggling recruit with her, okay, air quotes, footing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We start off the fun this week by visiting Beta 3 to find that the residents are no longer doing the whole red hour purge thing. Or are they? Yeah. Because they yeah. returned to worshiping the insane computer Landrew, and Captain Freeman is not amused. Can I tell you the fact that they make her exasperated and she like holds the bridge of her nose and stuff? I'm like, this is me, only animated. It's like, <laughs> I'm serious right now. It's like the Picard face palm. Yes. <laughs> I just love that they actually do that because I feel that like in my soul. I do that at least like 12 times a day. So yeah, (laughs) usually during work hours, but you know, whatever. Mm. Um, The trip back to the planet from the TOS era, which I love that that was because Ransom lets that slip Uh, a little bit of a fourth wall break there. TOS. Yeah. Those old scientists, you know, they were like finding new aliens like every week it's like oh my god that was so funny i half expected them to have him like look you know well towards the camera you know the screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> little, like both his fingers and wink yeah <laughs> a little bit of a yeah deadpool thing like hmm oh apparently this is a little bit more nostalgia for those of us who don't remember these people and i would be one of those people but foreshadows what's to come for the rest of the episode and possibly beyond on, on. <laughs> but i do have to say too that the character like one of the random villagers who's like but i just bought a new sky yes. <laughs> yeah. but his version of amazon yes here it is <laughs> i'm like okay at least we're getting a little bit more and the fact that the captain is actually interacting with the crazy landrew computer right like, yeah. don't make me paradox you <laughs> That was awesome, too. So many in- 
inside looks or breaking down the fourth wall. They, I like how they pick on all the rules that Star Trek sets up for itself, but always breaks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some intervention. <laughs> and I loved how they had the um, the computer all roped yeah. off and the signs. <laughs> do not listen to the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the signs say like do not worship or something yeah. yes <laughs> do not worship <laughs> like hmm maybe maybe we should listen this time but we'll see what happens in another how many decades they might go back another couple generations and find that oh the red purge hour is still happening although steve i'm still thinking retail purge is the thing that should happen yes but anyway unknown to freeman ensign mariner and boimler are apparently down on the surface, handing out arts and craft supplies to kids, violating several regulations in the process. And the fact that Boimler was down there like, eh, it's fine. And Mariner thinks it's because of her awesome tutelage. Yeah. And he's taken off his his jacket and hits the comm link, which opens comms to the bridge. And, oh, Boimler, this was so not the thing to do. I mean, I get it, but you were just going on and on. And I I get that he was trying to just kind of screw with Mariner. You know, mm. it's like, because I found out your secret. She's like, oh, yeah, like, don't eat after. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Because he accidentally ends up telling the entire ship the secret. Oh, your mom is the captain. Your dad. <laughs> Mommy kisses. I'm laughing. Yeah. Captain Mommy kisses. <laughs> and I'm sorry, the squishy face. And I'm like, okay, that's something you definitely do with your friend when you're teasing them about something. Yeah. So I love that they did that. It's like, oh, does she give you little Captain Mommy kisses? <laughs> he purses his lips. <laughs> As they're getting zipped back up. Yeah. I'm sorry, because that was that I was cracking up because he's standing there in front of the captain with his face all squished up like, <laughs> yeah. oh, crap. Well, that sucks for them. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously something Boimler can bounce back from eventually. Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't get to see what happens right away because in the nearby Kellis system, Captain yeah. Dayton and her crew scan plasma aboard the newly minted USS Solvang. Where'd they get that name? Is that another town in uh, California? They get some of the weirdest names. I don't know yeah. where they're pulling it. Sure. And, of yeah. course, I noticed right away, like, why are they all barefoot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And the one guy's wearing shoes. Take off those shoes. I'm like, what is happening right now? I have to admit, I live. I leave the the little protective coverings on stuff I buy new. <laughs> they don't get scratched. I do. <laughs> no, I gotta pull that plastic off. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like like the weird like. It's like an awesome feeling when you know. Come on, guys. Able to do it, but yeah, it's like she freaks out and she's yeah. like, hey. Don't take this up. We need this to be as new as long as possible. I'm thinking, all right, she would have never made it with a car. <laughs> but I know. She should have had one of those things hanging for a new car smell on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Air like a pine tree. Yeah. Like a yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Ah. And suddenly, the Solvang takes a beating before an enemy ship, as an enemy ship, launches some heavy-duty clamps to hold it in place. And they decide to try to jump to warp. And I'm watching this going, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. And um, I was not wrong. Because those yeah. clamps held on to the nacelles. And after surviving the disaster of Much Ado About Boimler, Dayton and her crew meet a sudden and alarming end. That was stunning. It was a great action sequence. But I do have one problem with it. Because they took a direct hit to the main engines and they still managed to go to warp. Right. 
What I find funny is my husband watched this one with me and I told the guys that he was never a really big Star Trek fan. But he's like, how come every time they're attacked, their shields drop right away? He's like, shouldn't they have better shields by now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that that captain, I don't know. You'd think she would take better care of her ship. She doesn't have the shields up or even on yellow alert, but she's got all the plastic wrapping and no shoes on the bridge. (laughs) I did like the fact, too, that suddenly we're back on the Cerritos and they're like, oh, okay, I guess there's a distress call, but... And they mention the other ship that's around. Yeah, I know. Hint, hint. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 we'll go. I bet she'll feel foolish when we save her. And I'm like, I did not catch at that point that it was the same captain from the other one. Right. Uh, The Rubido. So it, it, yeah, it took me until the very end. I'm like, oh, wait. At the time, I thought it was a cool reference. I'm like, oh, Titan, cool. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, it all comes together now, duh. But I was like, okay, is our captain just being like, I'm going to rub her nose in it. She hit the button by accident because she uh, wants everything new. It's so You'd think a lot so of these things started. would happen in the real Star Trek universe. Someone leaning on a button or something like that or taking off their tunic and the comms are live. Right, because everything is like touchscreen there. and yeah. Although, if you go back to, like, the original series, then who knows, phasers would or bombs or something would have been going off left and right, because, like, Riker was always sitting on panels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they used to use slides in the original series. They used to slide, like, for the Transformer room. Right. With, like, something, like a mixer in a, in a sound, <laughs> yeah. sound room for a Beatles recording or something. Um, anyway, let, what's that? Like, one more thing? No, I was just like, oh, my, I'm just thinking about, like, all the stuff that would have happened. <laughs> yeah. As a Riker sitting on stuff. What did I, I did something. Oh, well, it always happens on your phone, right? You guys do that, too. Oh, yeah. You want to press something and you're something else. And then you're just caught. And like, I didn't. Oh, stop going back. Yes, I actually <laughs> accidentally called somebody. I was scrolling to try to get to a phone number and apparently double tapped. And I'm <laughs> like, and they hung up right away. And, and my friend called back. Did you call me? I'm like, I swear to God, I did not try to call you. I double tapped you. <laughs> so annoying. And to make a lighthearted joke when they find out what happens to the Solvang or whatever it's called, like, wow, yeah, <laughs> pretty high stakes. Realize it no. I got the, uh, the notification that there was a, an issue. <laughs> yeah. I think we've seen it in Star Trek and Star Wars when you suddenly come out of warp or whatever they call it, transwarp speed, or, and you end up in a debris field, and it's never a good thing. Yeah, I know. I'd bark at it, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> All right, let's move on to Tendi's rival. Back on the Cerritos, Rutherford tags along as Tendi become an orientation liaison for a new recruit, which is funny. Rutherford's funny. <laughs> he actually damages his implants and he tries to cycle through personality algorithms to reach his normal state. <laughs> First of all, it shouldn't be breaking, but I suppose it could. It feels left like it was, ooh, a button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he starts pressing on the like, button. Oh, and... let me twist this. And he just yeah. kept going. He's like, oh, it comes off. Kind of strange for a, a Vulcan device. And you get to see the point of view from uh, like a electronic point of view from a, a display screen as he goes through each one of them. Yeah. And that <laughs> oh, really man. wasn't it's... Vulcan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So the new recruit is an exocomp and is even more bubbly and charming than Tendi. I'm like, oh, I was, I was thinking to myself, oh, my God. <laughs> Tendi's so bubbling and charming. Now we're going to have two of them. And this, this new, you don't what? like the bubble and charm? Uh, no, I do. From one person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two of them double down on bubbly charm, and like, uh. And I love Tendi's thing. 
uh, where she she's always depressed. I mean, something hits her. She gets this realization. She goes, oh, well. And then half a second later, she goes, that's going to be the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you cannot keep her down. The new recruit who chose the name Peanut Hamper (laughs) shows some difficulty in the dexterity area, causing Tenny to worry about the challenge she's here to face with physical requirements to her duties. She she goes over. They're in that sloppy looking uh, repair hangar again. And she sees some, what, Dothame crystals? And she doesn't have any hands. I mean, even R2-D2 had a little graspy thing, right. you know, <laughs> and she starts kicking them all over the place. At first, I thought she was like going to steal them. She's like accidentally rolling them on the floor. But no, she's just a klutz. <laughs> yeah. I love that she keeps pushing it and she's like, oh, OK, I got yeah. it. And I herself? felt like that commercial with the old man fishing. Oh, oh, you almost got it. Got to be faster. <laughs> what did she call herself? Like instant butterfingers or instant clumsy or something like yeah. that. <laughs> but it turns out when they're back in the, in the uh, sick bay, peanut, peanut hamper reveals herself to be an extremely skilled surgeon. They were wondering, uh, the doctor and Tenny were wondering, like, wow, she doesn't have any hands. How is she going to help? Up? All of a sudden, the little beam goes by and she fixes the guy who was lying on the bio bed. We're like, wow, she does have uses. Well, she can be very precise in that way, but yeah. I mean, she's not. Yeah, hands. Right. She's not uh, reaching in and holding anything. That's good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so go back to Freeman and Mariner who are lamenting about the crew, knowing the true nature of their relationship. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they decided to take some private time and talk it out. Yes. And when Ransom comes in, boy, does he stick his Foot in his mouth, all the way down his throat. <laughs> oh God, that was that was hard to watch. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that, that we may be revisiting that oh, <laughs> later yeah, on in the podcast. We are. <laughs> oh, it was so the good. Stupid rant. <laughs> oh my goodness, that reminded me of last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do they call the rear end of the ship? <laughs> <laughs> So Mariner has had enough, and she leaves the ready room, annoyed as the crew around her whispers about the revelation. And she's approached by Lieutenant Steve Levy, who's prone to believing conspiracy theories. Which was oh, awesome. my God. That was funny, how he's, like, throwing them all out there. Yeah. Whom she also had dated prior, a year prior. Yeah, uh, probably once. Yep, once. <laughs> and he asked her to deliver some plans to her mom about how they can decorate the captain's yacht and walks off. (laughs) Brother. Another crew member approaches her and wants a selfie with her, much Mariner's annoyance. Mm. And then she bumps into Dr. Tiana, who scolds her briefly before asking if she thinks Freeman would mind if she and Shaq's hooked up. Wow. With what? Her coital uh, hooks. coital hooks or yeah. something? <laughs> Holy smokes. Too much information. Yeah. yeah, I think I was in a bit of shock with that. I was like, what? And my husband was just dying. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't believe they just said that. I'm like, yeah, this is not a kid's cartoon. That's no. for sure. <laughs> but wow. you, know, you got to remember that <laughs> Shaq's planted a big wet one on her a couple episodes ago, and that must have... Uh, Kind of got her a little uh, hot and bothered there. Yeah, now we know what makes her purr. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and, of course, even Boimler cashes in the brown nosing, asking her to sign a recommendation 
to sweeten his request to transfer to an open position on the Sacramento. Uh, this is what kind of flipped her switch because she was ticked. Oh, yeah. But when Mariner realizes that a transfer to a new ship would mean a chance to escape everyone's scrutiny, she ties up her hair, finally rolls down those sleeves, and sets out to be a model officer. <laughs> I like how the instant change yes. goes from being insubordinate machine to, okay, fix the hair, roll down the sleeves, done. Yeah, yeah apparently, all you gotta do is like a little change like that, and you're suddenly... On top, and you are definitely Starfleet. Sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You technically outrank me, sir. And I'm like, yeah. what? Stop calling me, out- sir. It was like really freaking him out, which I thought was funny. But Yes. <laughs> she was boy- out boimlering Boimler. <laughs> How is that possible? Yes. <laughs> but all the drama on the Cerritos is going to be interrupted right now because of that distress signal that I discussed. And... Well, the ship had been ripped apart by the Packleds, a yep. group of lowly spacefarers who, up until now, were thought as the jokes of Starfleet. Now, I don't remember them. They were from so. the T- uh, TNG episode where they uh, actually kidnapped Jordy LaForge to get them to get him to actually upgrade their technology. Okay, so I remember the one episode. It was a, I don't even remember everything about it. Like the one guy had come on and he was like this awesome, like almost like chess player. They put all the things on their fingers and played and he played against Data. So it's not that that same alien species, right? Okay. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wait, I, what? They just had like one really smart dude and the rest are like, duh, everything. (laughs) No, they're all. Everything is enterprise. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's so stupid. I mean, not stupid, just learning challenge. (laughs) Well, it's hard to believe they have warp technology. That's what I'm like trying to figure out. How the heck if, if they're like this kind of dumb? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did they have the dangerous, don't you sheep, think? the sheeps, this ship, and then they Frankenstein the ship and moved all the technology like together. So how many engineers did they steal? <laughs> <laughs> because that? I feel like it had to be because I... it just seems so weird. And then I'm like watching. I'm like, that ship is crazy big. And so, how many pieces are on there? And it was just—it's it, like one of those inherently like, dangerous. Oh, to just do that, and they do it without any morality because people are dying. Right. That's the other thing—it's like, okay, I don't think you guys are super bright. Did you have somebody like write the program so your ship automatically just pulls it together? Yeah, and computers, what I guess. You know, they steal computers too. Let them do it. Yep. I'm just wondering, like, what happens ah. if they ah. encountered the Borg ah. like that? I know. I don't know who'd win that battle, the Borg or them. <laughs> <laughs> if they would bring the Borg intelligence down and then, like... Uh, yeah. As soon as the Cerritos ends up confronting a Packwood ship when they, yeah, come into the debris field, it's like, right away, why are you thinking, we need to get out of here? No, it's like, what is happening? I mean, I get it, because your brain is not comprehending what's happening and then suddenly you're harpooned. And it's like, quick to warp it. I love it because our captain, smart enough, wait, yeah. no. <laughs> you know, they they both had a time to shine. It was Ransom that said Ray Shields. Right. No, Red Alert Ray Shields. And then it was Freeman that said, don't warp. So at least you get to see, I mean, it's a funny show. You get to see what they're cool under pressure, too. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting, like, everything that starts happening. It's like, okay, so we have, like, that first domino fall. They're there in the debris field. And then then the harpoon, and it's like, shields, don't warp. What's next? What's next? And suddenly, 
Mariner's foray into straight lace Starfleet officer has been quickly abandoned because her mom's like, I need some crazy stuff to happen right now. <laughs> and Mariner's plan is to introduce a virus onto the pack led ship that'll cause a cascade effect since they were able to quickly figure out that in order to absorb all of the computer and all the technologies from all the different races, they had to have a pretty basic system. And to execute this, we need help. And of course, we get help in the <laughs> strangest way, which we'll come back to that. <laughs> I just like to mention that uh, when Mariner gets on the bridge, she goes, Mom! Yeah. <laughs> I, my mom! <laughs> I don't think I caught that. Oh, yeah. She was freaked, freaked yeah. out. Mom! <laughs> she was laying on the <laughs> on the floor and had already taken a couple of blows from the attack. Yeah, bleeding. Yep. Oh, that's right. But we had like all this weird like beaming in, but not beaming in. Oh, yeah, later on. Ah, they're beaming aboard. Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this leads us back to Tendi and the senior crew turned to Peanut for help. God, she's small enough to sneak aboard the enemy ship and introduce the, the virus. But she declines the mission and literally nopes out of there. Oh, my God. I couldn't oh believe my that. Oh, God. Which yeah. Like, I just did this to make my dad mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, who? <laughs> uh, she said she has these parting shots like, what did she say? Something like, your biology gets splattered all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is when she would have need like a grappling hook to be like, two fingers, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a chicken. I don't know if you guys remember from the original series, there was Nomad. Right. Nomad yes. was like a killer robot would just float around too. And so we go from Nomad, who's basically a homicidal psychopath, that was also another uh, reference about, you know, don't me, make me... Uh, We'll use reverse psychology. Steve will have a term for it later that we'll get. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> but uh, she's she's like nomad except a, a bigger chicken, a much bigger chicken. So Rutherford has a plan for injecting the virus using his murderous AI son, Badgie. I'm like, ah, oh, did anyone groan? I kind of groaned a little. Who, do, who are we going to get <laughs> to go aboard the ship uh, to introduce a killer virus? Badgie. I'm like, no, not Badgie. Not as Badgie. soon as it came up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is he going to be crazy still? <laughs> I like uh, Rutherford's reaction to that. Like, so uh, if I drop the uh, this, are you going to like try and kill me again? Got to find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that wasn't a no. Oh, I know. So uh, Rutherford, having cycled back to his normal personality, and goes, "Yay!" Accepts the mission without batting an eye. And despite Tendy's pleas, Rutherford is is whisked away by by Shaq, which was hilarious because he throws him over his shoulder. That's his. <laughs> That's his solution. But he goes, uh, Rutherford, somewhere along the line, he goes, you know, I can I can run, too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear him say that? I love that. I got you, baby bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why is he still calling a baby bear? I'm like, this is awkward. But it was super exciting when they're cutting into the ship. The pack loads are cutting into the ship with lasers and stuff. They have to fight, you know, fight them back. And the Mariner's got all this hidden contraband weapons all sorts of stuff is like dropping out oh my god i love that with how many like things were opening how much do you have stored on my ship yeah i know she was outraged she was outraged uh facing imminent death boyman confesses that he wasn't interested in the in the sack promotion but it's the sack <laughs> but he didn't want mariner to take it either because he'd miss his friend oh yeah right okay yeah. wait and then i have to say to boimler with a foil I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. 
He's evil. Ransom's just going to do it with his feet and fists. <laughs> he, he enjoys it so much, too. He, he, Ransom and Shaq just like kicking. They're like, uh, what was that TV show? There's somebody used to call out karate kick and then kick somebody with a karate kick. <laughs> Kung Fu Fui or something like that. Yeah. Hong Kong Fui. Yeah, Hong Kong Fui. Yeah. Yeah. So Shaq gets Rutherford to the enemy vessel. He fights off the oncoming goons while Rutherford uploads a virus. But guess what? Evil Badgie shows his down, uh, sh- slows it down so he can take Rutherford down with him. Ugh. But the first thing I thought of when they started, it was like everything you try to download on your own computer, it's like cruising along until right at the end and it's stuck at 99%. Right. How many people have experienced that? Everyone? Everybody. <laughs> uh, and you're like, come on. I know. <laughs> and you're like, I, I can, can't tell how many times my wife has yelled at me from downstairs. Are you done yet? <sighs> One percent to go. <laughs> Hold on. I thought you said one percent. So in, in another stunning development, Shaq rips off Rutherford's implant, disconnecting him from the ship. Like I was like, wow. He gets Rutherford on the shuttle and shows the vessel out just in time for Rutherford to escape. Goodbye, baby bear. Or good luck, baby bear. But it's too late for Shaq's and like, man, they raised the stakes in this episode. I'm oh, yeah. surprised. They destroyed a, and killed a whole crew and now Shaq's. Yeah. But I love. And that I one. really was worried about Rutherford too. Yeah, I he love... rips his face off. Yeah, <laughs> and that last second before it blows up, <laughs> you see Shaxx with one of the Packlids in an arm lock, and he's going, "Yeah, best day ever." Yeah, yeah. Goodness, are I we sure he's dead though? To die or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say for sure, especially since there was other ships. Like maybe they beam beamed dog, him out slowly. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how his earring was still on the Cerritos, though. I know. Or is that just an extra? Floating in space somewhere, like, ugh. <laughs> True. <laughs> maybe they cleaned Shaq's it up. demise isn't enough. More Packlid ships arrive, and soon the Cerritos is surrounded and trapped. Captain Freeman is badly injured, but she's not willing to let her ship go. So now Mariner has taken over Mm. and orders the escape pods prepared. Just as all hope is lost, another (laughs) Starfleet ship arrives, and it's the Titan. Oh, I'm sorry, but the Packlet's another Enterprise? Yeah, Yeah. I know. Oh, man. Aren't you the Enterprise? (laughs) I have to say that was so exciting. <laughs> How many times have you seen him do that on the uh, the regular shows in the movies? Oh yeah, right. Ugh, so great. It's always so great. And of course, the Titan is captained by William T. Riker and his lovely wife Deanna Troy by his side. And of course, they just kick Packlid's butt all over the place, saving the Cerritos. Yay! And they all go yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we end up in 10 forward where (laughs) Freeman and Mariner grab a drink, which Will knows them all. Really? (laughs) Of course. No. They they make Will Riker seem like a little bit of a playboy. Oh, yeah. They played that up big time. (laughs) Oh, I I don't know where they would have gotten that idea. (laughs) I bet Frakes loved it, though. Oh, yeah. He absolutely did. And apparently. Oh, he gotten a whole lot more more crap than we ever seen. Yeah, he's supplying Mariner with all her contraband. <laughs> yeah, such a saving boy. people, yeah. being saved. Yeah, see him and all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> Deanna also gets to uh, get a few digs in as she takes Ransom down a pegger 2000. <laughs> when he asks about any more beta sets uh, available. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. It's like, I can work with that. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Remember the last time we saw our, uh, Deanna Troy having a few drinks? It was that first contact when yes. she got back down to Earth in the past and she, she got a little uh, bleep-faced. Yes. <laughs> I we see Freeman it. ordering the Cerritos to be restored to her former glory instead of being upgraded like the Solvang. So funny. Yes, I wanted it the way thing. it was. Yeah, I love how they they mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like you yeah, you know, <laughs> right. It's like I don't want all the extra you always see happen to yeah. you know the different type of ship. It's like she, she, Freeman did hint a little bit is okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and sits her daughter down for a heart to heart. She's on her kick here. Starfleet is unaware of the true nature of the universe, and they're letting systems and people down. Wow. And if Starfleet kept a closer eye on things, then the Badens wouldn't have fallen prey to Landru again, and lives wouldn't have been lost to the jokes that are the Packlets. That's a real inside criticism yes, <laughs> of it themselves. Is. It is, big time. Yeah. But Freeman's hands are tied by protocol, but Mariner can work in the gray areas. Oh, really? Yeah. As long as her mom's there to bail her out, but don't tell Admiral. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, mother and daughter agree that only by working together can they make things better. So that's something we've been asking ourselves all season, too. Like, what is the end point to this? First, we wondered how long they can keep the mother-daughter thing a secret, and that was done brilliantly and hilariously. Yes. (laughs) And then, but how can they still work together? Well, why not? She's got the ultimate secret weapon in her daughter. Exactly. It's like having seven of nine with you. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, we see Captain Freeman and the crew bid Shaxx a touching farewell. And Rutherford is in sick bay with amnesia from having his implant removed. One of the oldest tropes in TV in the movies. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why they had to throw it in. I'm kind of surprised they didn't just put some more stuff in him. But right. maybe they're waiting to see if he survived it being ripped out so violently. Go back to Vulcan, maybe. Yeah. And Tindy is initially upset but by yeah. this, but sees this as a new opportunity to become friends with Rutherford again. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. I don't mean, <laughs> Worst day ever. Except it isn't. Yeah. yeah. We can be best friends all over again. But before the Titan leaves, Riker finds out that Boimler is <laughs> Ransom's best ensign and transfers him to the Titan. Okay. I will tell you, I was super surprised. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it was great to see that the, uh, and everything resolved between Freeman and her daughter. So she's sticking around. The next thing you know, Boomler, as Riker would call him, (laughs) takes the transfer to Titan. I'm like, whoa, he's off the show. Of course, he's not. But as long as I I think we will. But uh, wow, that was surprising. Yes, it was his great dream was to be on the Titan. So yeah, he's getting what he wants, at least yeah. for the end of this sack. episode. <laughs> and of course, the transfer doesn't sit well with Mariner. Oh my gosh, that was it's hilarious. Sideswiped. Yes. Sideswiped. <laughs> the constant messages. And what did the uh, person say? Who's blowing up your pad? Yes. <laughs> 
all of those messages, I'm just like, you're starting to sound a little bit crazy. Yeah, she's she's lying awake in her, her little bunk there, <laughs> leaving one message after another. And finally, says, would you please shut up? Someone is trying to sleep. And she goes, oh, shut up, Jen. Right. <laughs> after saying earlier, like, who's named Jen? Right. Jen on the ship? <laughs> shut up, Jen. <laughs> so great episode. Uh, I liked this one. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really funny. And I liked how they kind of brought some of the stuff around to close the the circles like yeah like the mother daughter thing and super uh suck up boimler kind of. <laughs> yeah. but i like boimler and i thought it was really moving when he's like i didn't want you to get it because i know you would because you're my friend and then he's like bye bye <laughs> stinker you stinker yeah we we saw boimler uh flip-flop quite a few times in this episode Careful what you wish for there, uh, Riker. Yes. <laughs> but will he be the Mariner on the Titan? Yeah, that's yet to be determined. Right. No, they're they're on the same scale, but at different ends. Yeah. I mean, they both have ambition, but one of them's anti-ambition. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ready for a little Easter egg, boomer talk, and top five jokes? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the episode opens on Beta 3 from the original series episode, The Return of the Archons. Cool. Love that Landry and, character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up, get phased. <laughs> this is the first episode of the franchise to canonize the term TOS in reference to the crew from the 2260s featured in Star Trek, the original series, TOS. Yeah, they, they ripped down so many fourth walls in this episode and lampooned their own selves. It was so awesome. And showing an image of James T. Kirk and Spock based on their appearance in Star Trek, the animated series. Of course, they're animated. Yes. Of Take a look animated. at it, the, pad, the pad and it shows them as animation instead of real people. <laughs> That's the universe that they live in. Ugh. And uh, we had the Bajoran engineer with the dilithium burns from all the way back in Envoys. He's still recovering in sick bay. <laughs> We're wound up on the bio bed again somehow. <laughs> Maybe he's just clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mariner temporarily adopt Boimler's speed walking technique from Envoys, too. That's so obnoxious. I hate it when people do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the main plot involving the Packlets, the not-too-bright aliens, as we'll call them. They kidnap LaForge in the Next Generation's Samaritan Snare, and it would turn themselves into badasses. Ugh. They're still not very bright, but they managed to scavenge some impressive technology. That follows, logically. Oh, I sure. mean, if you're going to if you grab all this stuff, you're just going to build on it like some type of Lego thing. And next thing you know, you have this ultimate creation. That thing's I, never going to land. I'm just saying that would yeah. like, fall over. <laughs> and we get uh, Badgie is still pissed at his father and Rutherford snapping his neck in terminal provocations. Uh, he's still that mon- one was so messed up. Oh, my God. He's still mon- <laughs> I always monitor comms. <laughs> yeah guys like obsessed and paranoid we get that another easter eggs as shacks calls rutherford baby bear as he throws his unconscious body onto the shuttle referencing his brief time as a security officer and a member of shacks bear pack in invoice he also used that nickname in veritas baby bear <laughs> he's such a bear of a guy himself he's like papa bear and everybody else's baby bear yeah <laughs> And there's the Easter egg that Tendi tells an amnesic Rutherford all the events he's forgotten during the time serving aboard the Cerritos, including the time she made a dog and the time they stole a bunch of T-88s. And he's like, the one with the purple stripe? Yeah. (laughs) That's the best thing from it. (laughs) Did anyone notice that that Boimler's plaque from Temporal Edict can be seen in his quarter on the Titan? (laughs) No, there was No, I didn't see that. Unbelievable. (laughs) There's one thing I didn't want to be canon. Oh, yes, it is. Yep. (laughs) 
And you got to love the stuff among uh, Mariner's contraband store in the walls of the corridor. Bill picks up what appears to be an often ridiculed Remco 1976 Star Trek Space Fun helmet toy. <laughs> God, you got to see that thing. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, There's I so much great stuff. Then. Did you I see? Uh, hmm? I don't remember that. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Okay. <laughs> Did you see that uh, the weapon that uh, Boimler was fighting with? Yes. He had a like a foil. Yep. I think it was a foil, not a saber. Just like uh, Sulu was fighting with from the yes. original. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Man, these guys really skewer, no pun intended, themselves. <laughs> okay. Uh, seen for the first time in canon, the USS Titan has the same di- design and registry in CC80102 used in the extended universe. La-di-da. And, of course, Jerry Goldsmith's theme music from the Star Trek, the motion picture in the form of the 1996 recording of his end credit music from Star Trek First Contact is heard as the Titan battles the Packlets. That made it, like, doubling exciting. You know, <laughs> that was awesome. And when the Titan shows up and the music plays, they're like, yes! <laughs> and we found out that Titan has a Saurian first officer. Pretty good one, too, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> the Titan wears... Oh, and I loved that the Titan, uh, Titan was wearing the Starfleet uniforms first introduced in uh, First Contact. Yep. I always thought of those as the comfy one. They look so soft and rounded. Rounded, rounded. Yeah, they don't have that cut edges to them to make have a military look. They're more scientific and uh, and pajama like. Uh, yeah, pajama like. <laughs> okay, I'll never use the word term rounded again. <laughs> well, I mean, they look like they always sleep in their uniforms. So there you go. Uh, At least the lower decks crew does. There was a good one. Riker considers Freeman his chadish. And himself as her mentor, he reveals he used to get in so much trouble. And she's like, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is the first episode to quote the lyrics, Where My Heart Will Take Me, the theme song from Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to top this episode. I don't know. It, yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are they going to open up next season? It'll be the big uh, show, the rescue mission for Boimler as he gets ejected. <laughs> was, I think he'll practice ejecting the warp core and it'll turn out to be Boimler instead or something like that. Yeah, he'll be uh, floating it's gonna in be space like, like the comp when the Titan yeah. takes off and she'll help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not going to help you. And with this episode, Jonathan Frakes becomes the only Star Trek regular cast member to appear in six different Star Trek television series, having appeared as Thomas Riker on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I remember that episode. Yes. Wow. That was a good one. Wait, and- he was Riker, but not Riker? Yeah. yeah. Thomas Riker. Huh. Not Will Riker. It was like a brother switch. Yep. Or the guy he was. Yeah. Not nearly as uh, uh, ambitious no. <laughs> as Will Riker. <laughs> and with this episode, Frakes and Marina Sirtis become the first Star Trek actors to portray the same characters on five different series. Amazing. We also learned they have uh, Mortal Horgons, or whatever they call them, Horgons. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just use the ones we always use. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Guys are so sly. <laughs> oh, man, she can flirt with me any day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I made her mad at me when I got the chance to meet her. <laughs> no. What? Yes. Because oh. I had mentioned that we were going to Ireland on our vacation that summer, and of course, she's British, and they don't like the Irish. <laughs> uh, why would she get mad at you? That's yes. not, why would you... We're not going to go vacation in stinky old England. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Fred will come to the defense of, of England. <laughs> no, Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'll come, that'll be his job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. <clears throat> Enough levity. Let's get to top five jokes. <laughs> this is a tough one. A tough one. I don't know. There were so many slights and jokes and other things. I have a personal affinity for number five in the list, which is a personally used tribble. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she goes, a tribble? You brought a tribble aboard my ship? It's for personal use. When she said it, I was like, what? Yeah. What? what? Wow. And oh, my goodness. There was uh, the, a close movement in uh, three and four. Whether the ransom setting his fist to stun and kicks to kill, yeah. <laughs> or uh, I couldn't decide which was which, or, or there was the meow. Yes. She screamed, Row! the medical <laughs> doctor, and she goes, I mean, take Captain to the bio bed. <laughs> she panicked so hard, she screamed like a cat. That one was good because oh, it threw so, me when her so funny. Bursting <laughs> 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 there. I mean, <laughs> oh, and then the, uh, the I should have saw this coming, but we need somebody morally bankrupt, a morally bankrupt genius, and boom, we get Badgie. Like, oh, <laughs> God, of course. God. But the funniest jokes or series jokes have to be what I'm calling You Make Me Hard series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there were so many hard double entrances that I don't feel bad for using my penetration humor from last week's episode. I mean, you're both hard. I mean, you're both hard. I mean, you make me hard. Well, I don't, not that I'm hard right now. I could be hard if I wanted to. Wow. That was so awkward. You can dig yourself a space hole. Let's call it a black hole. Oh, yeah. He just did it. Wow. Way to go, Ransom. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both and they're both like, ugh, can yeah. you stop? <laughs> yeah, Freeman facepalmed again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great episode. Well, this week, not only did we get our normal feedback from Fred from Netherlands, but we also have a second one. So, boy, we're excited about these. Yep. So let's hear from Fred first. Hello, Steve and Dave. And perhaps even Sean. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Lower Decks. Season 1, Episode 10. The season finale. Sorry about last week's very short feedback. But actually I didn't have much time to make my audio feedback. And I didn't have so much to say about the episode. On the other hand, this whole movie thing last week made it more and more clear what the problem, the psychological problem, is in Mariner towards her mother. And it was nicely portrayed in that movie. This episode had a lot of nice references. Actually, I didn't recognize Jonathan Frake's voice. Marina Sirtis was very clear that it was really her voice, but I didn't recognize uh, Jonathan's voice so much. So I had to see that on the credits. And I think apart from Q, this is actually the only real Star Trek actors that gave their voices to Lower Deck. And I mean that in the sense of their own characters. Or am I missing somebody? In this episode, a lot of references back to all kinds of series, uh, of course. Which is nice for the real Star Trek freaks. Um, sorry, fans. And I like the idea that Anson Mariner is Captain Freeman's illegal partner to do all the things she cannot do according to protocol and to Star Trek regulations. Funniest moment was when Bormler and Mariner were talking and he was doing a kissy face uh, about Mariner towards her mother and then they beamed right uh, up onto the bridge. So that was funny. My opinion about the whole series so far is that it is not so funny as some people say, but I'm, I'm probably just not a cartoon man. 
I never watched the animated series either. If I remember cartoons that were more or less Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, that, that were the things I found funny, Roadrunner. And I have a good remembrance for Tom and Jerry. And that's actually because when my father got his Alzheimer, the only thing he still could appreciate and understand and watch with his grandsons was Tom and Jerry. And the nice thing about that is you could watch it again and again, and it was every time more or less new for him. And for the kids, it's always nice to see everything ten times. So that was all for now. Greetings, looking forward to Star Trek Discovery. Signing off, Fred from the Netherlands. Bye. Well, Fred, I'm glad you liked the episode from last week that kind of explained the way um, Mariner was feeling about her mom. <laughs> Fred got a little boomer talk himself with his favorite cartoons. From oh, the past. absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, the kid's did, did face he, did was he, great. <laughs> did he say he didn't think it was as funny or he didn't like the criticism that it wasn't funny? Yeah, he doesn't find it quite as funny as a lot of people do. Huh. But that's just because he's not a cartoon guy. Like you said, he's more of the slapstick stuff but and we don't really get a lot of slapstick most of the jokes or callbacks or references or mm. stuff like that so i, I got a new understand that i got a new nickname for him then we'll have to call him fred flintstone <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he gets that reference yeah <laughs> i bet he does i bet he does too <laughs> now i think the only reason fred didn't recognize frakes voice at first was because he really wasn't in the Riker character that he knew. He definitely got to expound on pieces of Riker's personality that he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. You very know, sly. Let's go to warp in five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> oh, that jazz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was great. All yep. right. We have some feedback from a new person this time. That we haven't heard from previously. Oh. Yes. Jazz. So let's see what Jazz has to say. Hello, this is Jazz, and I have some thoughts on the Star Trek series Lower Decks. I've enjoyed the series very much. I enjoy the animation and the humor and the fact that they all get together to be a motley crew with everyone having differences and similarities and different ranks and even different sections of the ship that all the friends belong to. And I think that's a very good combination of people getting together and being friends. So it gives hope for everybody else to be a little bit different and still have friends that they can enjoy the different parts of them. Some might have a creative side. Some might have a, a real detail-oriented side. Some of them might have a carers-they-can side where they do whatever they want. But in reality, they support their friends. So I like all of that. I also saw episodes up to season, or I'm sorry, episode nine. Right now, I think I have some thoughts on up to seven and eight. The seven was the one where they had the freaky dog. And he was cute and adorable as a golden retriever and scary as crap as a spider crawling up the wall. Not my kind of a doggie. But it turned out okay in the end and he flew away. Or she. So it turned out alright. I was glad that it had a happy ending. That also, for the most part, made me feel better about everything. That's one of the reasons why I watched the show is to have a little bit of escapism. So I'm quite happy to have everything tied up as a, as a bow with a few straggler thought plots 
off to the side that come back later, such as mom being the captain. I remember, I don't always catch all the Easter eggs that you guys do, but I am of a certain genre or age group where I remember a lot of the old Trek and the TNG, which this is based off of, and some of the older thought processes and, and Trek items. I get a lot of the references. There was a Bartley reference that I thought was pretty cool. It was nice to actually have them all getting together occasionally and working well together, not always arguing. Everybody has their strong suit. Brian Mirror might be a little anal-retentive, but we all have that side of us, at least most of us do, in some regard. Maybe for our favorite show, or for the fact that you're very organized, but only at work, or only at home, or only with this particular fandom, or there are normally different parts that normally work well together. So we had, let's see, one of the positives in episode 8 was one of my favorite quotes, which I noticed you did not mention, was I put on captions so that I can catch all the jokes. I learned that from watching Winona Earp, because a lot of them fly fast. So one of my favorites was when one of the characters went, No, Tasha! No, garbage bag behind you! Which is a reference to her being knocked off by an oil slick. So I was very impressed by that homage. Let's see, I love John Delancey, or DeChancey rather, coming in as the voice actor and them going, Nope, 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 we're not going to deal with you, Q. We've had a day. Nope, not doing it. And then he goes, Oh, mon capitaine! And he goes, No French, no French. Go bug Picard. He's like, oh, I don't want to do that. He's always quoting Shakespeare and making wine. I found that was very funny. <laughs> I like that a lot. So I generally enjoy it all. I think that the characters are funny. They all have their moments. There are lots of little homages back to the TNG days. And I like it all very much. I think the animation is awesome. It's very difficult to do animation. I don't think that it is stick figures like some other people might have mentioned. I also like the fact that it's mostly very positive. I'm not very much into name calling of various people because I used to get that when I was a kid for liking Star Trek in the first place. So I don't go around calling people losers or that they ought to knock themselves off for the betterment of the, the crew, which would make a really boring TV show, actually. Or any of those types of things. Uh, back then, geek was not a positive. So that was some of the adjectives that you got called. So I think there are nicer ways of saying that you're not a fan of a character than calling him a loser in every single solitary podcast. That kind of takes me out of the enjoyment of the podcast, which I generally thoroughly enjoy. I like the humor and the different viewpoints. Most of the time I watch it because it is positive part in my day. So thank you for putting it out. And once again, this is Jazz. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jazz, for such a wonderful uh, feedback. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she appreciated her, I'm sure she did, her, her personal send-off with a Jazz reference at yes. the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, the dog uh, she has, was she... freaky, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked the dog, except, you know, when it wasn't a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a cube, a cube, like yeah, just like <laughs> going by on the floor. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. So, uh, Jazz is a long time trekker or trekkie. I think they really like to be called trekkers, not trekkies. And she seems to know a lot about her stuff, which is so it's good to have her aboard. Yes, it is. And so she's at least somewhere between our age and Sean's age. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
A little. And that was a great catch on the Tasha quote. I, I, yeah, I'm surprised we missed it as well. Oh, I got it. I oh. just didn't mention it, yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> I can't I mention everything. Uh, Sorry, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to try to pack in. Wow. Especially when they actually start throwing like all the references. So yeah, it's you know, a couple of them slip past every once in a while. Yeah. Well, it's we super- certainly hope uh, we're going to hear from you again. And it sounds like you're enjoying our podcast. So that's great. Yeah, to the hear. captain, captain share should be back pretty soon. Yep. Seeing that discovery season three starts uh, next week. So, oh, and these gentlemen will be launching soon. Yes. <laughs> I will not be part of that because I haven't watched the first two seasons at all. So I may join you if there's a fourth season. I might catch up by then. (laughs) Worth it. Totally worth it. Very worth it. Yeah. Getting through season one will be the tough part. (laughs) (laughs) Season two is great. And season three is going to be fantastic. Well, it may have to happen over our... Christmas vacation from work because we're in October and October is all Halloween for me. You guys, yeah. <laughs> if you've seen my posts on Facebook and and uh, Instagram because I shared it with Fangirl Zone, then you know it's all Halloween this month. So I got to stay in the scary mode. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to discuss scary. I watched the first episode of uh, Bly House last night. Ooh, we'll talk about that. All right. So for those of you who want to contact us, much like Fred and Jazz have, you can go over to www.fangirlzone.com, click on our contacts link, because that is up to date. Everything else is like a bit disarray because Sean has not done great housekeeping on the website trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. But our contact link is correct. And there's a myriad of ways you can contact us. And email, social media, we love hearing from you guys for everything. And if you want to send questions, comments, feedback, much like, again, Fred and Jazz did, you can do it through any of those ways, or like they also did, do it actual audio clip to us. And if you want to tweet, you can tweet along with Steve and Dave at SellYourSteve or at the real underscore ID underscore Dave. And I'm on Twitter, but not as much lately. It's at Jetta528. Yep, like the car, but it was the video game character. Bonus points if you know what video game. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Please review and rate us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, as there are a lot of other Star Trek Lower Deck podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. Season 2 of Lower Decks is already in production, and Season 3 of Discovery starts October 15th. And the episode 1 is entitled, That Hope Is You. So until then, remember... This is Chief Engineer Steve. I'm only hard on you when you make me hard. (laughs) This is Sean Fangirl S. Beam me out of here. And this is Red Shirt Dave. And I have to say, it's going to be hard to be without you guys, at least for a week. <laughs> and I'm going to miss that penetrating discussion. So I'll try not to be too sad, and I'll use my personal use dribble and see if I can go rescue uh, penis hamper, uh, peanut hamper out of space. 